Hello, I'm Jeff Gill, and welcome to Navigating Freedom in Federal Retirement. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by the thought of retirement? If you're a federal employee navigating the complexities of policies, benefits, and financial planning can seem daunting. Here at Navigating Freedom in Federal Retirement, we're all about breaking it down, simplifying the complex, and making retirement planning not only accessible, but truly exciting. Join me and a hand-picked panel of experts as we dive into the topics ranging from policy insights to lifestyle changes. Every episode is crafted to provide actionable advice, insights, and stories tailored for federal employees like you. Whether you're a decade away from the farewell party or just a few years shy of your retirement goals, we've got your back. So if you're looking to equip yourself for a brighter, more informed retirement, hit the subscribe button, share with your colleagues, and let's embark on this journey together. Welcome to Navigating Freedom in Federal Retirement, the beacon for federal employees navigating the complex waters of retirement planning. We recognize your unique challenges, deciphering intricate policies and optimizing your benefits. Your host is Jeff Gill, a seasoned financial wealth advisor committed to demystifying this journey for you. Our strength, a team of renowned specialists, policy experts, financial strategists, healthcare consultants, and more. Each episode aims to transform confusion into clarity, offering actionable insights and strategies. Federal employees, it's time to turn apprehension into action. The path to a confident retirement starts here. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show. I'm joined today by Drew Friedman. Drew is a federal a news network reporter covering federal workforce and federal pay and benefits. She writes daily news articles and reports on the radio multiple times per week on topics directly impacting federal employees. Drew grew up in the D.C. area and has a bachelor's degree in media studies from the University of Virginia. Before joining FNN, Drew worked as a producer for the local news program Government Matters and as a production assistant for the local ABC7 TV news station in D.C. Welcome to the show, and what an honor it is having you. Thanks so much, Chef, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, we'll just jump right into it, Drew. Um, just wanted to ask you, can you provide any overview for the cost of living adjustments that, um, that, that are significant for the federal retirees or the Social Security beneficiaries? Absolutely. And I can give you a little bit of context here as well, Jeff. So, the cost of living adjustment, or as most people refer to it, COLA for short, this is a yearly annual percent or annual percentage that's added to Social Security benefits as well as federal retirement annuities every year. That's been the case since 1975. Every year, there's been this automatic COLA that is added to uh, those annuities and Social Security benefits to try to help keep pace with inflation. Right, so. That is what happens every year. For 2024, what we're going to see coming up in January is a 3.2% COLA. Uh, and that is, you know, again, based on um, inflation data, and it's going to help federal retirees and other so social security beneficiaries keep pace with inflation. Uh, there's a little bit, a bit of a difference there in the percentage that you get based on the federal retirement system that you're in, but the top line number that the Social Security Administration announced uh, was that 3.2% mark. Okay, great. Drew, could you enlighten us on what factors are involved in determining the annual COLA increase? 
No, that that's a great question. And, you know, it's based, as I said, it's it's based on inflation generally. But if you want to get a little bit more specific than that, it's based on the CPIW. This is uh, a an inflation index that is measured by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And it looks specifically at families living in urban areas and um, represents about a third of the total U.S. population. So this is something that is measured every single month of the year. And based on whatever the percentage is, then the Social Security Administration will take the numbers from July, August, and September each year and create an average of those to determine what the COLA will be for the following year. So those three months, July, August, September, they average that out and they announce it. Usually you see that announcement come about mid-October from the Social Security Administration and then that's implemented in January for uh, federal retirees and Social Security annuitants. Okay, great. So is there any any certain uh, triggering uh, information that determines whether or not a retiree receives full COLA adjustment or partial? Absolutely. And that's, Jeff, that's something that I referred to a little bit earlier, but I'm happy to go into a little bit more detail here. So there is quite a history for the federal retirement system and how that operates. So if you look prior to about 1987, you had the civil service retirement system. You can call it CSRS or SERS. It's referred to as both. This is something that began about all the way back in 1920. So even outdates so the social security program itself. This is the retirement program that uh, older federal employees have been on and were um we're on up until about, as I said, 1987. That's the time that Congress switched uh, the retirement system to what we currently have for the federal workforce called the Federal Employees Retirement System or FERS, F-E-R-S. So between those two systems, you have a different calculation and uh, different things that retirees from the government receive. So with CRS, CSRS, uh, they get the uh, CSRS annuity and they get um, re- they get often reduced social security adjustments, but they do often get social security. Uh, in the first category, first retirees have a three-pronged approach to retirement. So you have your first annuity, you have social security, and you have the thrift savings plan plus a government uh, matching contribution. So those are the two systems. Anyone who retires after the 80s gets put into the first system. Now, what this means in terms of the COLA is that first retirees, when that whole program started, it was determined that they would receive a reduced or often referred to as diet cola. And what this does is it based on how big the cola is each year, first retirees get a little bit less. So CSRS or SERS retirees get that 3.2% cola added to their retirement annuity. But on the other hand, first retirees in 2024 will see a 2.2% cola. So that's that's kind of the breakdown there and the history of those two systems. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Did may I, may I ask you what advice would you give a federal employee when approaching retirement for those early stages of retirement, in particular to uh, planning for the COLA adjust, adjustments? Right. So this is something that you you should be keeping in mind. Of course, if you um, are a federal employee looking to retire, there is uh, some specifics into the time that you retire and um, the time that you began taking Social Security. There is a little bit of a difference there. 
So, for example, I believe if you retire um, prior to turning 62, then you would get the eventually the full Social Security um, adjustment once you be once you turn 62. But if you start taking Social Security before you retire, then that kind of affects the annuity or that you get. So there is something to be said for you know looking into that a little bit more specifically and taking uh, paying attention to the age that you retire, but. Yeah, generally you like that is yeah, just something that you want to keep keep in mind. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Are there any other updates or changes uh, that may be coming down the pike for uh, retirement benefits or social security uh, that retirees should be uh, keep in mind or be aware of? Absolutely. If you look at Capitol Hill, there is actually a couple things going on there. So, specifically if we're talking more about the COLA here, uh, there's two different bills that would change how the COLA operates, both for uh, federal annuitants as well as uh, all Social Security recipients. So the first is called the Equal COLA Act. This is something that has been reintroduced um, every year since about 2018. It's gaining a little bit of traction in Congress, but so far has not passed, so it's not enacted. Uh, but this bill, if it were enacted, uh, would give first retirees the full COLA amount each year. So again, as I mentioned, there is that separation. You have a 1% decrease for first retirees in their COLA amounts for their annuities. And again, that depends on how big the COLA is each year. So this bill would essentially make FERS annuities equal with CERS annuities. This is something that we've heard a lot of uh, federal organizations, federal unions really uh voice support for the enactment of that legislation. Again, it's it's not um, it's not for sure, it's not official, but it is something that we are seeing potentially a little bit more traction there as well. There is a second bill um, in Congress too that would change the way that the COLA is calculated overall. So this is something called the Fair COLA for Seniors Act. Uh, this was reintroduced. This is this is a similar one where you've seen it reintroduced several years in a row. And uh, this year it was reintroduced in February. This would change the way that the Social Security Administration calculates the COLA. So right now, as I mentioned earlier, Jeff, it is calculated based on the CPIW, uh, which looks at those living and working in urban areas. The bill, if it were enacted, would change it to be based on the CPIE, which uh, the E there stands for elderly. So this p- places a lot more emphasis on the costs, you know, healthcare costs, cost of medication. And this tracks a lot more closely with what uh, uh, Social Security recipients, federal retirees, how they're spending works each year. So that's the basis for that bill. They're saying, you know, if people who are retired are wanting, you know, or this is how they're spending their money, then it only makes sense that the COLA each year is based on or tracks more closely to their spending habits. So again, this is something where it's an idea in Congress. It's not enacted, but it's something where we maybe are seeing a little bit more traction growing over time. And again, this is one that gains a lot of support from stakeholders like organizations uh, that support federal retirees. And they say, you know, this just simply makes sense. You add more weight to the cost of healthcare when determining COLAs for the nation, for uh, the country's uh, senior citizens. Excellent. Thank you, Drew. Um, where, where can um, individuals go to stay up to breast uh, on the COLA changes that are coming down, down the pike? So the main source of information, I would say, is definitely the Social Security Administration's website. 
They have a ton of information, the history of the colas going back all the way to the 70s or even before that. Um, and they have, you know, a lot of data. They explain all, all of this. They break it down, like how the cola is calculated, uh, what, you know, what information they take in and just uh, really lay it out there for anyone who's interested in how this all works. I also will just do a plug for Federal News Network. That is uh, my news outlet and I cover a lot of this stuff. So our website is federalnewsnetwork.com and um, we cover a lot of pay and benefits information specifically for federal employees and federal retirees. Is there anything else that you believe uh, our podcast listeners should know about the uh, COLA adjustments? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think we didn't quite uh, dive into the history, recent history of how much the colas are. So, you know, while we are seeing a 3.2% adjustment for 2024, there were, you know, some other really big colas recently. So just for 2023, there was an 8.7% cola, uh, which was huge. That's the biggest one that we've seen since, I believe, the 1980s. So over 40 years, we have not seen it that high of uh, cola. The year before, for the 2022 cola was 5.9%. So we've seen these really big colas compared with, you know, if you look about a decade ago, colas were around 1%, 0%. So there's a very big difference here. And I would say, Jeff, that this only makes the supporters of the legislation that I mentioned even more vocal. Every year that you have the, um, you know, the COLA added, especially if it's a, a bigger COLA, that means first retirees are continuing to get less added to their annuities uh, compared to what they will get with the full COLA, right? So having bigger COLAs means they're missing out on more money. And over time, that can compound uh, pretty significantly. Definitely. Well, thank you, Drew. Um, can, can you discuss the implica implications of the increase in health insurance costs for federal employees uh, and retirees in 2024? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, switching gears a little bit here, um, healthcare, obviously, that, that uh, pairs very significantly with COLAs with retirement annuities and those adjustments that you see every year. Obviously, you have a lot of federal retirees in the Federal Employees Health Benefits or FEHB program, and this has its own adjustments every year, its own percentage increase every year. But maybe a less friendly way, there's always a premium increase every single year for the FEHB program. And this is the program where uh, federal employees and retirees get their, their uh, health benefits as well as their dental and vision benefits. So very, very important stuff. For 2024, we're going to see an average of a 7.7% increase in uh, premiums that the FEHB participants will be paying each month or each pay period towards those health insurance uh, costs. So we, again, like I kind of mentioned with the COLA, where we've seen a lot of uh, big ones over the past couple of years, in FEHB, we're also having some pretty significant uh, percentage increases there. So 7.7%, quite significant. If you look even back to 2019, 2020, it was only 1% or 2% increase in right. premiums. And you know, last year, we saw the biggest one for that with 8.7%. And Jeff, I will point out the, the interesting part here about, at least with the premium percentage increases, if you're looking for 2024 and you compare the COLA, so the amount that you get added to your annuity, 3.2% or 2.2% versus 7.7%, that's pretty different. But if you were looking for 2023 for this year, uh, both of those were at 8.7%. So you're seeing a, a bit of a difference in um, premiums going up still 
pretty significantly. Cola a little bit smaller, whereas last year or for this year, we saw those numbers pretty equal. So that is something definitely to keep in mind. And we are just, you know, we're just about in open season time for the FEHB program as well here. Yeah, just yesterday, one of my clients was discussing the increases in the health coverage and how it affects their fixed income. So, you know, uh, what do you have any any suggestions for retirees and how they handle these increases or how they plan for them? But yeah, Jeff, it's a great question. Um, one thing I will say just right off the bat is that 7.7% is the um, average increase in health premiums, right? So that average is a key word. That means some programs, some uh, carriers within the program are going to have higher premium increases. Some might have a little bit lower than 7.7% increase. So as we approach open season, we're going to have to, you know, federal employees and retirees should be looking at what are the other health options that are available for 2024. And of course, open season is the time of the year that all FEHB program participants can uh, make changes to their health care coverage for the following year. So during that about one month period, this year it runs from November 13. Uh, through December 11th. That's the time when federal employees and retirees should be taking a look at what, you know, what else is off the, out there, what is being offered, and maybe uh, compare some different options in terms of, you know, what are the coverages that you're getting versus how much it's going to cost. So that's definitely something that will be helpful for those who are concerned. Of course, the premium increase is going to happen. There's nothing that can be done about that. But in terms of what you can do specifically is take a look during open season and consider making a change if you see that there's going to be some cost savings there. Very good. So if a, if a retiree is looking to plan their budget for the next year, that open season, I guess, is a good time to for them to you know witness their new upcoming costs so that they can put it in their budget and, and, and plan forward. Is that correct? Absolutely. And and Jeff, something else that I'll, I'll mention here too is that not a lot of people take advantage of open season. If you look at the data that the Office of Personnel Management puts out, only about 5% of FEHB enrollees actually make a change during open season. So of everyone, the millions and millions of people in this program, only 5% make changes. So it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, if you take a look and you decide, you know, hey, I'm going to stick with what I have. It's the best choice for me. That is fine too. But um, it's definitely something where you see the Office of Personnel Management, you see a lot of uh, different uh, stakeholders and those who are trying to support or help retirees saying, you know, hey, you should really take a look. There could be, you know, you could save, you could be saving uh, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, depending on on how you're, how you're looking at things and how you cut it. Right, right. Are there any other specific retirement related challenges or considerations that federal employees approaching retirement should be aware of given the rising health care costs? Uh, in in the uh, FEHB uh, program, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's um, there's always considerations to make. There's a lot going on um, each year. OPM, who OPM is the agency that runs the FEHB program, you know, they always are adding new requirements for um, health insurance carriers, and they're changing the way things are covered in the program. So it's really important to take a look. Uh, specifically for retirees or those approaching retirement, you might want to look at um, Medicare and think about that as well. So specifically, I think there are some changes coming up with Medicare Part D. This is the section of Medicare that uh, involves prescription drug coverages. And with that, there are have been some changes since uh, last summer with the Inflation Reduction Act. So that's something where uh, federal retirees or those who qualify for Medicare 
uh, should be taking a look as well. You're seeing a lot more FDHB uh, carriers offering Medicare Part D. And um, in terms of the Inflation Reduction Act, there were some changes that were enacted. So uh, specifically, uh, the legislation that bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, prevents Part D premiums from increasing more than 6% in every year. So that premium cap, you will see that every year through 2030. Uh, so that's pretty significant because, you know, those those numbers can go up, as we said, whereas we were talking about a little bit earlier, 7.7% premium increase um, on average for FEHB premiums. If you see this cap at 6% for Medicare Part D, that is uh, quite significant there as well. And uh, they're also part of the Inflation Reduction Act. Another recent change is a uh, $2,000 cap on out-of-pocket spending for enrollees in Medicare Part D. So that basically means no one's ever going to be paying more than $170, $170 per month on out-of-pocket prescription drugs. So, you know, these uh, changes that were part of that larger Inflation Reduction Act bill, uh, those are going to be pretty significant. And to just look, you know, so I would recommend just taking a look at some of those uh, fine-tuned changes that are happening for Medicare Part D. Maybe consider that during open season uh, this year for your for your healthcare in 2024. Excellent, Drew. Thank you. So, with the philosophy of the uh, FEHB program being described as market based um, and focused on the choice and competition, how does that tie into retirement planning, and what impact um, might it have with retirees' options? It definitely has a significant uh, impact. You know, I think it is pretty standard to have a program like this be market-based. If you compare, for example, um, so, well, let me step back for a second and say that the FEHB program is uh, the largest uh, like healthcare program in the world for uh, under one employer, the federal government, right? So it is a huge, huge program. And if I actually did a little bit of a comparison with um, some other somewhat comparable, comparable programs uh, for their premium increases. So uh, the one specifically that I looked at was CalPERS. This is the health insurance program for California state government employees. Mm-hmm. Their premiums are going up about, it's a, around 10 or 11% on average. So that's quite significant compared with um, FEHB premiums. Now, I'm not saying 7.7% is, you know, that's still quite significant, but it's something to consider that, you know, it's these premium increases are not unique to just uh, FEHB, the FEHB program. Again, it's not necessarily, you know, in anyone's control. OPM has their way for determining, you know, those premium increases each year, and that's just going to be uh, part of the program. So I, I would say, you know, the best thing you can do is, you know, use what's in your control, which is, again, taking a look during open season and thinking about what can I do to kind of uh, balance out some of those some of those rising costs. And of course, you know, I understand and, and we talked about this earlier that uh, you hear from a lot of retirees concerns about, you know, inflation and all of these rising costs over the years. So it's, it's certainly a, it's certainly a big concern for uh, for federal retirees. Excellent, Drew. Thank you. Can you uh, share any resources that are tools that are available for federal employees and retirees to help them better understand the plan and healthcare costs of retirement, especially in light of the uh, premium rate increases? Absolutely. I think 
where uh, every federal employee and federal retiree should start is on OPM's website, opm.gov. You can go to their healthcare section, to the FEHB section, and they have this very helpful online tool called the plan comparison tool. And what you can do is you put in your zip code, you can see what plans are available to you for the upcoming year, and then you can plug in, you know, one or two different options and compare how much would this cost, uh, how much will be taken out of my paycheck uh, each time. So that's something that can be really, really helpful if you're, you want to compare maybe what you, um, what you have currently, your current options, and see how much those are going to be increasing versus maybe there's another uh, carrier that's been on your mind that you want to consider or take a look. That's a really uh, important thing. Um, as well. So the OPM plan comparison tool. Uh, other than that, you know, I've, I'll say uh, again that Federal News Network, I, I, my reporting covers a lot of this. We have a show, we have a radio program called Fed Life that uh, talks a lot about this information. So uh, we're covering, we're following this very closely as well. And um, we're here to answer any questions, just as I'm sure you are, Jeff. Right. Thank you. Well, given the changes in those premium rates um, and the number of plan choices, which you just stated where they can find find some of those and the carriers for 2024, what advice would you offer for retirees or, or it, with regarding their, their health insurance uh, coverage decisions that they need to make in retirement or pre-planning for retirement? It's a great question. Um, I can't speak to very specific advice. You know, everyone's a little bit different, but um, again, top line advice is Take advantage of open season. Only 5% of people do. Um, so it's very important that you take a look. Uh, you should also be asking yourself questions like, are my needs, are my medical needs changing next year? Are there certain doctors that I'm going to need to see more or less? Do I need uh, to have different types of coverages? Because that's also, of course, something that can affect what type of plan you're enrolled in. So you know, if you're in one and, and you need some other coverage that isn't available in your current uh plan, it's very important to take a look and make sure, you know, each each plan has is going to have their bro- plan brochure to lay out what are the changes this year, what's available. Uh, so make sure to take a look at those as well. So that's what I would say is just do your research and make the best uh, choice for yourself. Excellent. I want to thank you for joining us today, Drew. It's been a pleasure having you. And we'll see you again next week. And thank you for listening to Navigating Freedom in Federal Retirement. Thank you. Thank you. This concludes another episode of Navigating Freedom in Federal Retirement Podcast. As federal employees, your retirement journey is unique, and we're here to guide you every step of the way. With host Jeff Gill and our lineup of experts, we aim to bring clarity to your path ahead. If you found value in today's conversation, please share it with a fellow federal employee. Remember to subscribe for continued insights. Until next time, here's to your informed and bright retirement future.